On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, it's a very special episode. We take our show on the road as Agent Zero returns to the court in the Big Three. So it's the Big Three edition of the No Chill Podcast live in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we taped the show in Charlotte the night before the Big Three games, and we're joined by two former Wizards teammates of Gilbert's and two Carolina legends, Antoine Jameson and Brandon Haywood. So you got to really enjoy this episode. We got into some stories of how this team came together, what exactly Agent Zero brought to the table, not just from a basketball standpoint, but from a personality standpoint, keeping the young guys engaged, keeping the team loose, while always, always having a focus of being great on the basketball court. It's a really great episode. We were happy to do it. We're happy to be in front of a live audience. So look out for us. We're putting on more shows this summer. We're going on the road with the big three in every city that the enemies are playing in. We're doing a live show the night before the games. So if we're in your town, come out and see a live version of the No Show podcast with some very special guests. It's all made possible by our friends at Keeps. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. And remember, you can get us on the Himalaya app and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check out the video version on the No Chill YouTube channel. Here we go. Enjoy it. So you still Asian Zero? No. So what's the... What we're going about is that... You know, uh, you can't I use Hibachi it. no more. I claim that nickname well, back. Before, 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 <laughs> I'm taking Hibachi back. Let's, 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 uh, let's, so we also have to introduce our, our guest, oh, yes, our very illustrious okay. guest, uh, Carolina Legends, Antoine Jameson, former teammate as well. Yeah. And another former teammate, Brandon Hayward. Thank you for coming through, guys. I guess when Gilbert calls you, first of all, surprised about it, and then you got to come through. He doesn't ask much. He asks for a lot, believe me. He does. I do, I do. Demanding and asking two different Yeah, that's true, that's true. Now, he yeah. tried to pull his back hurt. Now, my back is hurt. I got <laughs> Listen, only because it's you. I, I got a back brace on right now. I'm old. Uh, so, I guess before we get to the D.C. connection, because that we could be all night talking about that, but you guys, we're in Carolina. We have to acknowledge this is a basketball hotbed. These guys play for a legend. You play for a legend in college. So, that's the common theme. All right, so let, that's where it starts. Playing for legendary coaches, of course, Dean Smith, Gil Hudos. So, between the three of you, what was that like as an 18-year-old kid? You needed some structure and getting that in college. I mean, that's now, you know, we're parents. You know, Brenda's uh, a parent as well, and that's the most important thing. This is the first opportunity you're leaving your home and you're away from your family. You want to be entrusted with somebody who's going to have your child's best interests, and uh, it was valuable for us to go into a situation not only that we was going to improve uh, with our skill level on the basketball court, but most importantly, just about life in general, how to become a man, how to do things away from the household. So, to me, it was very valuable. As a parent, I use a lot of the things that Coach Smith instilled in us. Uh, I tried to do the same thing when we was teammates, but sometimes, a lot of times, those things went in one ear and not the other. But uh, it was very important, and I think it was the reason for a lot of our success on and off the court as well. And what was his motto? Play together, play hard, play smart. Yep, play hard, play smart, play together. I mean, I had a different experience just because I was different from Tuan when I came in. Dean Smith was retiring, so my freshman year, I got there. 
our first official day of uh, practice, he was like, hey, fellas, uh, I don't really want to do this no more. <laughs> so so it, I, I was kind of shocked because I came there for Dean. I still got a great basketball education playing for Coach uh, Guthridge, uh, both Coach Guthridge and Coach Smith, rest in peace. Um, but I didn't really get a chance to play for Dean. I just got a chance to hear about him. And when you hear the stories from guys like Twan and Vince, and when they talk about not only how good he was as a basketball coach, but how he was like a father figure, the things that he did off the court, how he valued people, it just lets you know that he was truly special and kind of give you a guideline for how you should live your life. And I mean, if anybody knows the relationship that Coach Gut and Coach Smith had, they were pretty much, you know, hand in hand. So a lot of the the values that after Coach Smith left, he learned from Coach Guthrie was pretty much from Coach Smith. And of course, you saw Coach Smith all the time yeah. when you played there because his office was still there too. That was y'all experience in college? Um, <laughs> what, what, what was your, what, your what, experience? What was your experience with Lou Olsen then? What I'm saying is I was, I was, I was being red shirted. I was coming in as a red shirt, so I didn't have no rules. What do you mean yeah. you didn't have any rules? I didn't have no rules. I didn't, you know. Like red shirt still has rules. No, I was red shirting. Then I got four years to worry about what I need to do in life. So I used my first year to be an asshole in, 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 on the campus. So I was still in the carts, um, turning off lights in school. You know, I was just doing throwing rocks, doing 17, 18 year old sh stuff. That's not, that's not really 17, 18 year old stuff. Um, those are, those are criminal, activities. On, I mean, those are criminal activities. No, kind of, but I'm the first, this is the first time I'm away from home. So, you know, I got freedom now. Yeah, so I'm, basketball was, I mean. Uh, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. So because I was red shirting, I just trained all day. I didn't go to class. I didn't do none of it. You know, I was basically and the anti everything of the school. And so, at, so you didn't go to class? Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Well, Arizona already in trouble, man. You just going to keep in the hot seat? The, well, the hot seat. I had an 0.2 my first year. <laughs> an 0.2 my second year. year. First year. Huh? I said, how was it a second year after your first year then? No, you, you had an 0.2. Yeah, you know, I'm on academic probation, go to summer school, get two A's, now I'm eligible for the second season. Boy, I tell you, you just giving up all the secrets, huh? No, I'm just, yeah. That's the difference between but, I mean, Carolina. But you know how me, I, I, usually you got to adjust to my style. So I was just being reckless, and then they wanted to kick me out. And then when first day of practice came, and I done well, shot up. That, like, and I would say, though, I mean, you mm -hmm. have a very... I don't know how to explain your personality off the court, but when it came to playing the game of basketball and it came to competing, like I played with, you know, LeBron's, Kobe, like you by far as being the most focused, dedicated individual that I've known. So you can sit there and say, yeah, I threw rocks and this and that. Now, away from the basketball court, I had I didn't want anything to do with you. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to hang out with you because you just never knew what you was going to get out of Gil. But when it was time to be in the gym, when it was time to compete, I mean, it was the, the most easiest thing in the world because you knew that you had somebody, along with Brendan, that wanted to win the basketball game and wanted to do it the right way. But separate that from who you are as an individual away from the basketball court is different. So you learned some things when you went to Arizona. No. But gotta remember, I had I had that growing up. That's what it was. It was on the court, and then <laughs> I'm talking about you learned things from Coach Olson. Yes. Come on. You didn't learn anything from Coach Olson. No, what I'm saying is like on the court, he didn't teach you anything. No, he just gave me the ball. Okay. That's what I've said. Is just give him the ball. <laughs> just give him the ball. <laughs> 
What, what, what he taught you how to be the man then? Yeah, that's, he, that's he, the new guy. He taught you how to be the man then. What he do off the court, just, just hide it until he's out of the school. Oh, so basically, a co Coach Olsen was, a, was our problem then. Yeah. 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 So, so we got yeah. we got crazy Gil because, because no, of Coach they Olsen. did what everybody else did. They okay. did what everybody else did. Let the talent roam, hide it until we don't need it anymore. All right. Daddy Jordan, bro. I'm not speaking about that guy. Oh, Oh, you, oh, uh, man. <laughs> you, you can't hate the dude t- 10 years later. Are you serious? <laughs> but what, what you just said is... Can you say it, Eddie George? the way he was focused, right? Yeah. So that, that, that focus is, was your greatness. Because everybody can have ability and skill, and you have tremendous... You All three of you have tremendous ability and skill, but you really need that quality of focus. And then the elite level focus is a rare is a rare thing. So Coach Olsen saw that in you. It didn't get in the way of that. It takes a great coach to do it. Yeah, true. You know, I, I was fortunate to have, like, understanding coaches, um, you know, from my high school, from college, you know, you know, in Golden State, you know, and then Eddie was fine with me until the end. <laughs> but, you know, they understood my personality. They understood that, you know, when it is game time, I'm going to put the preparation in. You know, just don't focus on what I'm doing off the court. Like, I, I wasn't, like, you know, smoking, partying like that. It was just paintballing, you know, random people. That was, like, my type of fun. You know, it was just... Take they the didn't, tires off court, people yeah, cars. Yeah, you know, I was just a prankster. You know, I was just a prankster, you know. So, you know, it's like the Joel Embiid. If you think about Joel Embiid, they like it at first. And then if you're not winning, they're like, oh, man, he's... Imagine if he had social media back then, though. Well, he, he pretty much launched the social media wave. Yeah, I can see that. When, when, he, start, when he started... Uh, yeah, his yeah. blog, his blog, that opened, up, that opened up doors. Yeah, it did. Everybody started, you know, going that route after you went that route. You're almost like the pioneer, man. <laughs> Got to give yourself some credit. Weren't you Twitter and they took it away from you? Yeah, I was doing... Uh, it was Twitter and I was getting fined during the lockout year, which was weird, you know. Was, what were you, what were you, how you get fined during the lockout year? What were you saying? I get fired That's on your day off. <laughs> okay, they caught you stealing boxes? No, no, I just left. I just left Miami, right? It was Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So you've been there Memorial Day weekend. I'm, I'm married now. No, I have not. Oh, never been there. Never seen it. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I just made a reference that it looked like Planet of the Apes Part Two going down there. Wow. <laughs> they find me. Wow. I hope they find you twice. Fifty thousand. Yeah, you earned that fifty. <clears throat> the day before, Matt Barnes just called six females the B-word and didn't get nothing. So, so now you're just going to snitch on Matt Barnes? Yeah. Well, okay. Don't commit a crime with Gil. That's what we've learned today. <laughs> but also you said that the, the prankster mentality. There's one thing to be, to play, to play jokes on your teammates. Tend to go a little too far. So we can, all right, so let's get into D.C., how you guys all came together. This one story, your teammate, Mr. Blotch. Uh-oh. He did something with his, sh- his shoe. I've and already debunked that. I put dogs. These guys were there. But they didn't pay attention. I wasn't. Yeah. So, okay. So, 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 our lo- you have to understand, our locker room was, was separated. It was the older guys that weren't affected by the silliness, and then the younger guys that followed behind the Pied Piper over here. So that was, that was pretty much. So, so basically, you had guys like myself, uh, Antoine, Karan, Larry Hughes, and he was there, Jerry Jeffries. We all saw Gil's stuff. We thought it was funny, but it didn't affect us. And 
he, he knew there was a mutual respect. We didn't play around like that, so he knew he wasn't going to put dog mess in my shoe, and I wasn't going to do the same thing. But Blatch and Nick Young and all those other guys, they kind of they like those games. So Gil, Gil, Gil plays the game better than anybody. <laughs> That's what I said. Like, no dog <laughs> listen, <laughs> That's why he never heard of it. That's what I said. It was one of those. Yeah, so. Brandon, you want to tell a story? You never heard of that? I thought it wasn't dog mess. I thought it was his mess. No, no, no I just said it was my mess. He said oh, it was, okay, it's, yeah. It's more See, I didn't a, pay attention. It was more of a headline. I can set up a little bit. He had his shoe. The yeah. idea was to take his shoe, take the insole out of his shoe, mm-hmm. and then this is the part that I couldn't connect. Is he had to go get dog shit? I guess. So you went out, scooped it off the curb, put it in a bag. That part, I can't imagine you out in the street. I'm thinking even in like I can't imagine that. Uniform. Believe me, you can imagine yeah. that. If you know yeah. Gilbert, you can definitely imagine him. Yeah. Like, soul oh. in, and then you know put the okay, baby so powder. Then, so then back in, in, in you put, <laughs> to handle it, and then put it in the shoe. What kind of jokes did you do when you? Not like, that. Obviously, not that. It wasn't that, creative. Like, that wasn't that wasn't even the worst joke you played on Black. I know. Style. That's what I said. That wasn't even the worst one. The jersey. No, that wasn't the, that was mm-mm. the $80 No. <laughs> you remember that face? Stop it. We're not talking about that. Um, no, I think the I think the worst one was you remember no, you remember when they had that that stuff that we used to put on it's called Red Hot. Oh, the Red Hot. So Red Hot was this stuff that guys used to put on to, to stay warm. Like if you weren't going in the game or if you were going to if you weren't starting, you put this on, you stayed warm the whole time. You didn't have to worry about warming up. But this stuff really warmed up on your skin. And Gil and Blatch were playing a game, and Gil decided it'd be a good idea if he snuck into Blatch's locker, put the red hot inside of Blatch's tights. And so when Blatch put his tights on, that area on his body lit up, and he was in the shower screaming, ba- trying to, and they said, the only way you could really get off your skin if it was like that was to bathe in milk. So he's in, he's in the shower like before a game, bathing in milk, because Gilbert put red hot in his tights. You know, I had some too fun. Far. That, like too that, far. Yeah, so that, that's like, that's way worse than the, 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 the dog mess in the shoe to me. Come on. You got the rookies. That was like Blast's third year. No. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's what I said. My rookie year. Man, only thing Y'all we made you do. No, I, was, I, I wasn't on your team. Oh, you serious? So you had to do the same things I had to do. You had to go in on a road trip. Get what sixty dollars worth of chicken. You had to like it was simple things like that. Carry the bags after to practice and things like that. We didn't do any kind of dramatic stuff to you whatsoever. The stuff that you did is totally different, out of line. Not even compared to like the things that normal rookies have to go through. Okay, so don't sit there and say, y'all. Okay, let's try it this way. Since you didn't understand the pain that they was putting me through my rookie year. I thought I was going to be a top 10 draft pick. So I bought an Escalade. Bought, you remember the change back in the day? Ooh. Big old emblem. Mm-hmm. So I had a GJA. <laughs> so I done spent like three, four, five hundred thousand already. My contract that year was about 350. So I done already, already done spent that. <laughs> right? So basically, I'm living off my, my second year's contract, my first year. So I had the budget of $400 for two years, gas money, a girlfriend, two dogs. And you talking about go pay $60 
for something. Yeah, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you about the damn train. You decided <laughs> I, to do I, this. I was trying to be like y'all. I was trying to ball. You, you was blinging though. About? You was blinging. Huh? You was blinging though. He had a truck, boy. Oh, oh no, I threw the chain out the window. You you did what? I threw the chain out the window. Excuse me. I was so angry that I went so late. I got mad and threw the chain. How much did the chain cost? I'm gonna just be honest, because I couldn't fall with all everyone else to it. It was cubic. It was cubic. So call me all it, it was cubic. Yeah, it was cubic with the white gold. It was cubic. That's still, they still gonna be about what? By, by, like by 5,000? How much? He robbed me? No, I said, with cubics? You paid 30,000? 30,000. With cubics? You should, no way you should be playing 30,000. With cubics? They, bro, they fake. Jewelry expert. How much can you get for uh, fake diamonds? He got robbed, okay. Yeah, 30,000 for some fake diamonds? I didn't know I was a rookie. Man, come on, man. Yeah. I was a rookie. What am I supposed to do? Man, for 30,000, good. Man. But, how, but how does that compare to the things you did to Nick Young, Andre Blatch, the decision you made? I was going to say, you rewrote the book on rookie treatment with what you did to Nick. You took Arvid Storer, who just bought a brand new car. I mean, this guy was, he made the team, bought a brand new car. You took the wheels off of his car, put them on bricks. Because he was bragging about them. And then you wheel, and then, and then but hold on, Twan, it gets worse. It, uh, so then, like he then he hid the wheels in different places oh, all yeah. around the arena. It's a scavenger hunt. Yeah, it was a scavenger hunt. So he took the four wheels off the car and he hid them all around the arena. Look, you can't say I wasn't, cre I was creative. And then that's, he said when he put the wheels back and then drive the same whatsoever. But I was creative. That's, that's, that was the best part of what I was doing. I thought about it. I put thought into it. I will say an 82 game season with the different personalities that we had, it was kind of, it let off they can't say we didn't have fun. We we had fun. Nah, I, I watched them with like I, people always say, "What team was your favorite team?" Oh yeah, and I'll be like, time. "My in Dallas we won a chip, but my favorite team <laughs> was the Washington Wizards." <laughs> just just because we had years like the the plane rides, the bus rides were just comedy sessions. So uh, we would always have fun. So I wasn't that bad. Like you wanted, we, but me and you, yeah, we, never, we never, we never, it didn't affect us. Yeah. Like I don't think you that I don't think you that bad. Honestly, I think you sell yourself short because you always tell the stories of how crazy you are, but you don't tell as many stories about how crazy you are with your work ethic. Like I was in there one day, you were doing like a full court shooting drill that would have the average NBA player wouldn't have been able to finish, and you were doing it easy. And so I, I don't want that to be disappointed yeah, with the way he played. Yeah, right like after the game, he's in there to three or four. Yeah, like you know, like morning. people don't realize the game where you missed the free throws in the playoffs. You went right to the gym and started shooting free throws. Like you know, that's just. I think you always sold yourself short because you always give crazy guilt stories. But a lot of times, you don't give the stories of how you became one of the best scoring guards in the league. And honestly, like if we could just drop you off in today's game, you would be so much more accepted because back then you were a little, you were rogue. Guys that didn't play like John Stockton and Jason Kidd were, were frowned upon. And so you, but that's another thing. You didn't care. You knew you had one style of play and you didn't try to change your game and you were very good because of it. So you did a lot of crazy stuff, but you were also crazy in your routine. And that's why you were great.
Oh, man, thank you, man. That's the only nice thing I'm going to say about you for the rest of this show. Now, now, now I'm glad I didn't call five down and told him to get it off the glass. You know, I knew I was right on something. Hey, man, you, hey, listen, you never told me that. You told Kwame Brown that, yeah, but you didn't tell me that. No, I wouldn't tell you that because <clears throat> you would come to my room and knock on the door and say, we need to, we need to talk like men. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, listen, you act like Kwame wouldn't have fought you either now. <laughs> that was... That was the funniest part about me that I already knew when to back out of like yeah. like close to a fight. Like you knew when people was getting serious. Yeah. yeah. But I, I remember I used, used to, to I used to mess with Brennan like a lot, just like little throw little shots, and then one day he was like, Yo who that? That is Brendan. Open up. Open up. Hey man, we just had to talk, man. It wasn't like it wasn't like I wanted to wrestle. That's I had to look to the people. Yeah, that's him. Nah, I already seen what he's capable of. Nah, man, listen, it wasn't like I was knocking on Eton's door. I just wanted to talk to you. I put a chain on for the thing. Like I already know what this is about to be. Nah, man. I think also for there's certain people that you mess with and there's certain people that you don't, and you probably could identify that guys like Nick, Javale. Yeah, you know, I, I was the I, th I think I was the bridge between because you know when we first got there we were we were the you know coming in at the same age. Antoine was the the older guy, and then we started building. Then there became this this point where it was just old and really young. Like it was just the older guys and then the young guys, and neither the two liked each other. So I was the one that was like kind of bridging, you know, the, the gap between them. Now we say don't like each other, not. Off the curl on a personal level, it was just my my vision was we come in, we lift weights, we practice, we go home. You know, Brendan was kind of the same way, but also he would be able to relate to the young guys and make it uh, easier for me to relate to them and we can coexist on and off the court as well. Because at that time I was married with kids and after practice I was going straight home and they was gambling, playing cards. I didn't do any of that, but they both did a great job, as you said, bridging the gap between, okay, you got guys like myself and Antonio Daniels who are family oriented, but also when they come in and get the job done, that's it. And you had the other guys like, look, I don't have to go home to a family. I want to come in and, you know, let's, you know, they all go over his house and swim in the million dollar pool and stuff like that in DC of all places. But he did an unbelievable job of just bridging the gap and the personalities, you know, I played with a couple of teams, but when I say the personalities that we had on that team, I've never seen anything like it, but um, the course of 82 games and dealing with that personality, you need that one guy who can like, let's find a way to make our 82 game season doable, but also we had talent. And like I said, when it was time to play, we put all that joking aside and we got the job done, but you know, you spend more times with these guys than you do with your family. You travel on the plane together. You, you do so many things together. So you needed that bridge to like, okay, we got these young guys who don't know how to be professional athletes or mentally to put in all work all the time. Um, and then we have this middle group who has done that, but also you know don't have a family and also want to enjoy each other's company as well. But then we have this young group who's just coming in just don't know what to, you know, what to expect. The problem is they followed him a little bit too much. The Pied Piper, man. I mean, boy, when he started blowing it, I mean, it was just like, I'm like, Gil, like, stop it. 
And they just. Did you think that I'm gonna get these young guys to be like my little, my my minions? No, no, no. It's it's yeah. Because you gotta remember, at heart, I'm a comedian. I'm you know. You I'm what? fun comedian. I mean, okay. I don't have good jokes, but I'm saying I'm a comedian. Yeah, you so got, you, got you know what I'm saying? And so what ends up happening is I knew how to shut off and on, you know, because when you really think about it, like this is what, you know, the perception, like what people don't understand the perception that a young kid that's coming in at 18 or 19, when they're looking up at Antoine, he's married. He has kids. They can't identify with it. So they're like, I'm young, where's the you know, strip club? Where's the clubs? I want to go party. So it becomes this big old gap. So usually when you come into the league, however you came into the league, usually that's how you leave your, your, your mannerisms. So if you came in as a, you know, responsible, you know, player, that's usually how you are because you're, you're, you're moving along. If you're coming in as a young no, clown, no, no, you, you're basically going to leave like that because you're going to, instead of going upward, like, oh, he's still got, oh, yeah, he got kids. He, let me go down to the young, <laughs> the young talent. That's going to the strip club. So, you know, that's, that's, that's how I came out. Because when I came in, my whole group, they were old. They were older guys, you know, when, when I was a rookie. So I didn't, I didn't it, it wasn't taking me nowhere. So every time, you know, but 19. Take that back now. Because when we was in Golden State, I wasn't married. But when you came to Golden State, you had a steady. I was broke. There was no <laughs> hanging out with you guys. Like, what was I going to do? Four hundred dollars. But we, every time you ask for money, you got it. And the same thing. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And listen, you hang with your teammates that have more money than you. It's kind of like Larry Hughes' first year. I only went to the club when Larry went to the club. Larry, are we, are we popping bottles tonight? We, we are. Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> Larry was like, "I'm not going. I, I didn't. I didn't want to go anyway. I didn't because I, I wasn't paying for it. I didn't. I wasn't paying for a table. <laughs> I didn't know that trick yet. Britain still wasn't paying for a table. <laughs> like 22 years oh in the league. God. Come on, man. You make you try to make. I, I paid for some tables now. Yeah. But not my first couple years. I had to save that money. I only went out when Larry Hughes went out, man. It was a coordinated effort. Yeah. That's a great note for the young guys in there. Rookies notebook. Which one? Go with the guys that are paid. Yeah, go with the older guys. They'll always pay for it. Don't let them. But that's if that, that older guy is going out. You know, we rarely went out together. Yeah. Rarely. Like, we. After experiencing it a couple of times with you, it just it makes sense to go. <laughs> when I really we wanted to, like, pull out. We did. Yeah, pop you caught somebody. Right here, no lie. We popped the bottle. <laughs> no, shit. Miami. 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 I mean, they came in. And, and I'm trying to tell, I said, the promoters come in there and they bring the girls with the bottles. To make people like, oh, I want to do the same thing. And I'm like, Gil, we good. It was like just four or five of us. Nah, I want it like that. I want it like that. And I, you bought like $100 that night. Mm-hmm. Was it going to let the promoter outshine me? And the promoters is looking like, I got him. Because mm. they bring him out and with the lights. And all of a sudden, he don't know. They take him back in the back. They just do that to show. But this one right here? No. Nah. Now, that's when the black card first came that's out, what, so you know who had the black card. I got two black cards. Hey, that's the same thing Kobe would do. <laughs> yeah. Being that competitive, I saw Kobe do the same thing in Vegas. So, with bottles? With bottles. It was some guy that was a poker player, and it was just like Kobe, his wife, his Nike people, and then it was some guy, some famous poker player. I don't even know who he was, and he had a couple bottles come out, and he like looked at Kobe and pointed or something like that. No, Kobe didn't like that. <laughs> What's he good? I think, I think Nico. You know Nico from the. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, Nico, watch this. <laughs> so then, like, my section, my section is like right beside Kobe's section. So he, 
he goes out and buys like five bottles. Mind you, it's only like four people in, Co in Kobe's section. So then the other guy buys 10 bottles. Kobe buys 15 bottles, starts passing them out around the club. I'm, I'm getting them, handing them out to my friends because I wasn't planning on spending that much money that night. You know, I was like, wait a minute, let's get two of these over here. We can keep my bill down. And so it's, then the other guy went one more. I think Kobe ends up going to like 20 bottles, passes them out to everybody in the club, grabs Vanessa, walks out the door. So you're not too far off. You have the competitiveness you know, of Kobe Bryant. And that's the bad part that people don't understand sometimes. It's, it's, the, it's just being competitive. It's Sometimes you just can't turn that shit off. Like, I don't... I can turn it off when it comes to buying 100 bottles. Of, <laughs> yeah, Kobe stopped at 20. You would did 100? <laughs> no, 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 because he yeah. kept ordering. Yeah. And then, like, he kept well, ordering. Well, see, like, see, Kobe knew the guy was going to keep ordering, too. That's why he got his 20 and got up out of there. <laughs> he got his 20 bottles, passed them out, and left. Look, I got smarter later on in the career to just wake up. Like, well, Andre, Andre, Andre Blanche, just sign that for me. Yeah. Sign, put your signature right there. All in the morning. Yeah, that wasn't even me. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't even me. You didn't even know it, see that? <laughs> I got smarter. No, uh, you hung out with the right people because you knew me and Brendan wasn't going to do That's the thing about being competitive, too, though, when it comes to money. That's, basketball is it's for bragging rights, right? Just to win, but when there's money on the line. You know, so. That you hurts. Know, no, money, money no. is competitive amongst NBA players, too. Because we look at each other's contract, contract. like, you know, if he got that, I'm better than him, I should get that, or I'm just as good. Or then on guys on the team, we've always been with guys on certain teams where, you know, they would, they would try to compete, like, you know, Gil and Twan pull up with the new Phantom or the Bentley, you know, <laughs> then they would try to go get it. Now, me personally, <laughs> I'm just going to drive the car that I have. <laughs> I realized they had a couple more millions in the bank than I did at that time. But some of those, but some guys, especially, you see it in a lot of locker rooms where guys compete at everything. They compete with cards. They compete with money. They compete with women, who had, women flashiest gear, flashiest shoes. Um, so, like, you see it all. The, didn't P.J. Tucker say he bought, like, 30, a $30,000 pair of shoes? Like, I don't know. No, what no, no, no. His shoe collection was worth, like, 400000 well, that's so incredible. You bought one pair that was rare. Yeah. And it's like, are you going to ever win? But that's what I'm saying. But that's the thing. Like, NBA, player, like NBA players compete at everything. So even at the club and bottles, yeah, they, they're competing at everything. It's a competition for, thing. For no reason, though. That, that's what I said. It's for no, even though there's already a pecking order, you're still competing for no reason. And it's like, you actually want the competition because if I know he's competing with me, then I know he's going to compete with me when we're on the court. Like, I know he's going to fight. You know, it's it's some it's weird. Like you ever thought about that? Like, like when we're practicing and someone backs down, and you're like, oh, he ain't, he ain't even he ain't even ready. He don't even want to play. <laughs> like, like you just then that's how you do it. So it's like you always you always have to stay in your ground because we're looking at it like if he can't stand his ground here, he's not gonna you know stand up against Kobe. And that's. It's like you always wanted that challenge. So if a challenge always came, you it was hard. It was hard to to back up because it's like you showed weakness. Now, yeah, you better you better off getting beat up than backing backing down. <laughs> That's just how it is in the NBA locker room. There, there is no HR department. You know, you got you got some problems. You got to fight it out. As you you would know, huh? What are you talking about, man? I'm a I'm a nice guy. You're a very nice guy. But I tell you one thing: when they push that button, listen, man. I want all I, I, all you need to know is I want all those fights. <laughs> But you can relate people, you know, fraternities. <laughs> Somebody say, "Woo!" <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine being a captain, 
you 205, and then two big men are fighting. No parts of that. Just walk away. <laughs> Say what you want. <laughs> listen, man. I didn't really want to fight. He ran up on me. And I can't fight, so, you know, it, I can't help you. Yeah, but you did instigate. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you did instigate. Oh, yeah, yeah, you no, did instigate. I'm going to instigate. Oh, yeah. Oh. It was the guy that was started in running. No, nah, he wouldn't really. No, he wouldn't run away. He'll sit there. He'll sit, sit there. there and watch. Sit there and watch. Yeah. He was like, he was like, he was like, oh, he'll look at her. Oh, I'm gonna talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, the, he's like the Don King of the locker room. <laughs> but this all comes back to you know what you can learn from this. If you can learn anything from this. You push people to see what they have because on a team you want that bond, you want chemistry. So for some guys, it's playing one on one. For other guys, if you can take a joke. If I can prank you, you can handle it. I like you. You're my guy, right? Because that's what you, how we handle the younger guys. But for your team, the thing we even actually forget, you guys had a damn good team yeah. of that era. It gets overlooked. But we didn't even talk about Quran. You guys like Antonio Daniels. You guys were so deep and talented, but you also got along in your own special way. Yeah, we, we always had our little groups. Uh, whenever I think about our, was it 05, 06 team, am I the only one that thought the one mistake we did was letting Jerry Jeffries go? That and Larry Hughes. Now our natural two, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I definitely think that our team could have been different had we kept Jared and kept Larry. Larry was our quiet leader. Mm -hmm. And somehow, some way, and I still don't know how he pulled it off, he was the only dude you would listen to. Maybe because he was big brother when you were in Golden State, but like when you would go off on a tangent, we'd be like, yo, Larry, go get him. And then you come back and you'd be normal again. I don't, I don't know. And so, I, and Larry doesn't even say that much. Larry, Larry's like Kawhi Leonard without the brains. Like he don't really, he don't really speak. And so he was, our, he was truly our leader. And then I think that Jared was our utility guy. Yeah. And so Jared was like, listen, if Twan had a tough matchup, and we'll, we'll, we'll slide Twan over to Jerry Gardner. Or they'd be nice. So I was like, I remember one time, it was, I think it was the year, the lock, not the lockout, the fight with the Pacers. And Jermaine O'Neal and them came back. Jermaine O'Neal was cooking. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was giving me everything. And I was like, yo, Jared, I pretty much can't stop this guy tonight. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and get, uh, go ahead and get, get Jeff Foster over here. You go ahead and get Jermaine O'Neal. And he was versatile like that. Like, he could go guard the center, then he could go guard a two guard. Like, there was one game. He was guarding Yao Ming, and then he finished the game guarding like like Steve, Fra yeah, yeah, Steve Francis or something like that. My ass. So he was he was yeah, that was a lot of people. But <laughs> <laughs> you only played on one end. But but it was just Jared was very unique in his ability because he was six nine six ten could switch all the screen and rolls and do all, he did all the things that are valuable now. now outside of shooting. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't really his thing. But as far as being versatile, he could put the ball on the floor. He could defend. Like I think he's another guy that like his game would be celebrated more in today's basketball. Yeah, I think once we got, that's what I said, once he went to the Knicks, we ended up getting Deshaun. Even though Deshaun was a great two-man, he was a two-man. With Jared, he was a two, three, four. Like, he can, you know, he was guarding every position. So, for the most part, if any of us struggled, he just cleaned it up. Yeah, we can't sell D-Steve short, though. No, 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 that's what I said. D-Steve did his thing, but, you know, when it came to matchups that we couldn't match up with, you know, Jared always filled yeah. that gap. Like Jared, Jared and D. Steve were both great defenders. Mm -hmm. The difference was Jared was probably more versatile. Yeah. Like you know, there's not too many guys that 
will start off a game guarding Dwayne Wade and end the game guarding Shaq. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was very versatile. But D. Steve was locked down as well. Yeah, like, you know, that is a D. Steve was locked down on two threes. Once, because he had to, you know, help me out a couple times. Oh, yeah. But, you know, with Jared was, you know. Yeah, we all had to help you out. <laughs> one through five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but every player no, I, wasn't that bad. I wasn't that bad. I was just conserving energy. You know, that's. That's bad, though. That's like old lay defense out there. <laughs> it wasn't, you know. <laughs> Look good on the other end. Huh? Now, offensively, yeah, he, it was a clinic. It was a who? A clinic. What you were doing out there, it was, it was a clinic. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, listen, I'm gonna give you your props. Offensively, there weren't too many that, that could do it at that level. You could shoot it from deep. You would post up smaller guards. Back when you had two good knees, you would come down the lane and dunk on big men, you know? Now, when them knees got a little creaky, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was a little bit different, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What's, what's, so, fun, what's so funny is I did play defense when I had that. When I was in a So I remember Slam Magazine, you were in the back of the Slam Magazine for like defense one time. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was a defensive player. I mean, you almost led the league in steals one year. Wow. Yeah. But that's what happened. I guess all I that said, you quit the lottery when we, I mean, you quit the job when you win the lottery. All that man. money, all that money, no, 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 all no. that money, all that money, his back defensive pocket was weighing him down. He couldn't no, slide his feet. I mean, you, just look at, you just start looking at the defensive <laughs> players like Bruce Bowen, Roger Bell, they Scores over here, twenty million. Just go ahead and take the slow route over here. <laughs> Don't take the little route. Y'all got a little defense. I was gonna over say there. that he cut to the chase because the money was in the offensive. The money is in offense. That is true. Mm-hmm. You know what? How y'all doing these days? I see he's still looking fit. <laughs> got your your grease on like usual. <laughs> oh, this was like wasn't he the oil? Like this man was the oilist. <laughs> like come on, still. Man, listen, man. Yeah. Ashy, Nice some degrees outside. It's not the LA weather, buddy. This, this Carolina, is home still. Carolina yeah. heat. I'm not going anywhere. Me and Brendan stay about seven, eight minutes from each yeah, other. We, we already know Brendan was never leaving. Never leaving. Never <laughs> leaving Dukes, Charlotte. Mom, mom ne- Dukes never gotta be close. Never. Li- my mom lived with me now, man. Good. Mom wasn't wasn't moving around too well. I had to move her in with me, man. I love my mom. life now is a soap opera, just so you know. <laughs> me, my mom, my wife, all in the same house together. <laughs> like I, I really need a television show, straight up. You know his mom. Yeah, yeah. You know how Barbara Hayward goes. You already know. All right, we have to take a break. Talk about our friends at Keeps who are making the No Chill Big Three Summer Tour possible. Hey, guys, losing your hair sucks. And two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. Think about that. So we're introducing Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to obtain. For five minutes now and starting at just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. And it's easy to get started. Super easy and signing up takes less than five minutes. Just answer a few simple questions and snap some photos to complete your online doctor consultation. And that doctor is a licensed physician who will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you and shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but never for this price. Keeps treatments are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss, so you're good to go. Some men do experience hair regrowth. At best, men will get back up to 20% of the hair they lost. That's 20%, and it's only $10 to $35 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month free. We'll tell you how. 
It's a hell of a deal for keeping your hair. We got a lot of guys who love the No Chill Podcast, and we want to make you look good. So here's how it works. We have a special offer for fans of the No Chill Podcast. Fans who suffer from hair loss, the last thing you need is to wait to see a doctor. With Keeps, there's finally a way to help get the hair you need. For a limited time, receive your first month free. Go to keeps.com slash no chill. First month free. Remember that at keeps.com slash no chill. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash no chill. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> Antonio Daniels. Come on, I know y'all remember that day. I don't remember what happened. We playing is right at trade deadline, and he was like, man, you know, I just need to go to a, you know, a veteran team that got like a, a, a veteran point guard that I can play behind, because I, I can't take this shit no more. <laughs> Next day, he was traded to Charlotte. <laughs> he got traded to Charlotte? No, no, uh, New Orleans. He got traded to New Orleans behind uh, Chris Paul. I didn't even realize that. I don't remember that story. I don't remember that he got traded like that. Because you, you didn't pay attention. I was in my own world. Yeah, yeah. I was. <laughs> you didn't pay attention. I, didn't, hey, I just had to worry about myself. <laughs> you, know, so you didn't pay attention to the guards. You know, we had our little guard <laughs> Only, issues. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, had our, we, we had our little guard there. issues. Yeah, so we, had a funny, we, had, we had a funny team. Oh, we definitely. We had a lot of funny teams. Yeah. A lot of different guys. Yeah. Chucky Atkin. Yeah, we had some funny players. Remember, cra- remember Crazy Anthony Peeler? Were you on a team with Anthony Peeler? Yep. Anthony Peeler, LaRon Prophet. I seen uh, Anthony uh, probably like three weeks ago. He's like, oh, yeah, hey, can you get me in the big three? This I was like, tryout. I was like, yeah, I need you, tryout. I was like, you in shape? It's like I run five miles every morning. I was like, all right. Gave him the number, called, didn't show up. Yeah. Sounds like Anthony Peeler. That's AP, man. <laughs> a- AP was a legend. <laughs> we had a lot of funny guys. Jared Jeffries is a funny guy on the team. Roger Mason. Uh, he was funny. Yeah, so we had a we had a we had a we had a very entertaining <laughs> entertaining team. That's us that's the inside of that's tell when that mind is boy, something going on up there. So was gonna say something, but you stopped. That's good. I wanna know what I'm gonna see. You know, cause you know I'm calling these games tomorrow, man. So I'm trying, I wanna know what I'm gonna see in the oh, big you three. You calling the game tomorrow? Yeah. Oh. So if you if yeah, yo, so if you're trash, I'm you gonna be gonna I'm gonna be killing you. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 first game my ass, you better go out there and bring it. No, 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 it's the first game, you know, the first game, you know, just got to get acclimated. Nah, brother, I ain't got time for that. But you know, I, I need, I, I need, I need Agent Zero Hibachi cooking shrimp and chicken but it's, tomorrow. It's three on three, it's half court, you know, three on three is a little physical. You like no, to no, have no, 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 not, not regular three on three, this three on That's three. That's what I'm saying, yeah. This three on three is physical. Yeah. But you I like got, to have your space. You like to roam and stuff. So I mean, no, I got football pads. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I swear to God. I swear. Swear to God, I'm gonna have football pads. So just in case it gets a little crazy, I can just put them shits on, and we just gonna keep continue to play. Well, all right. That'll make my job easy because that'll be a fun call. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow. I can't wait. To I'm, see I'm this. doing. That's what I said. I'm, I already told the team. <clears throat> told them what? Told them what? Deshaun Stevenson is guarding me. So. He's not going to back down, so therefore y'all ain't going to touch the ball. Y'all had last week to establish yourselves. So, since everybody that's going to be good, though, to see you and D-Steve go at it. That'll be interesting. It's like practice, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they came to see me, so might as well just shoot every, every time. But that, you, that, but that was, used to be a great matchup. I used to love practice whenever you and D-Steve 
were on the opposite sides of each other because he had his swag. You know, D. Steve's swag is on one million, and he would he would challenge you, and he would like D. Steve like y'all y'all's rivalry because y'all were good friends, but y'all rivalry on the court made practice fun, and it also made it. It made everybody go hard because on a, on a day where you might be like, man, I don't really feel like practicing today, you get in that five-on-five five scrimmage and everybody gets to talk and jump. You, you don't want to be on a losing team. Yeah, you know, that's what, that's what I said. I, I was fortunate to have, you know, players that always pushed me, you know, like D. Steve. You know, Larry used to do the same yeah. thing, go on the other side because he's like, well, you know, since we got to guard offensive players, I might as well guard you every day. And then I'm like, well, since, I, since if you the, you know, first team all defense, me going against you every day, it's gonna be it's gonna be easy out there. So you know, it's like even with Chucky Atkins, you know, Chucky. you think you having a day off, and he get there coming in there talking that shit. You be like, God damn, I did not want to practice it, but if I don't, he ain't gonna let it down. He gonna really think he's the starter. <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. If I set out, he's already yelling. See, this is why I need to start. This is why I need the big bucks. You ain't even gotta worry about me not practicing. See, you got the prima donna over there. I'm like, oh man, just go give me the icy hot. I got this, man. You know, that's, that's the NBA life. Yeah, that was it. But you, you, we talked about trades for a sec, too, and even when it when it's over. Do you still keep in touch with them? I mean, it gets harder, right? Because you're around them every day, your teammates. It's hard to keep in touch with who? Yeah, like seeing you guys together now, you just lose touch is it, it easily. I don't think we lose, like, it's hard to keep touch with Gil because Gil changes his phone number every other week like he has warrants out for his arrest. <laughs> Like, yo, I'll literally call you and talk to you on the phone for 45 minutes. I'll call you back in two weeks. It'll be some old white guy on the phone talking about, tell your friends, don't call here no more. Give us that Gilbert's number. And so I'm just like, he, like, other people I still keep in contact with a lot of my guys. Like, you know, I'm still keeping contact with Jared Jeffries, Calvin Booth. Like, I just showed, we on a group chat just talking. Uh, Roger Mason, Karan Butler, we work together. Um, yeah, you worked together one time. And so, so I, so we still, I see that's, well, I didn't know Vince was high school, was college, but I still, I don't think it's that hard to keep in contact with people, except for Gilbert. So if you need Gil, uh, you got to DM him. DM him. You have to DM him, yeah. So I, I contact him through Instagram. That's how but I get The one Gil. thing I will say, though, I mean, we might not see each other for years, but when we do see each other, it's just like, you know, we're playing. I mean, the joking and the stories that we have, and that's, you know, what, you know, teammates are all about and, and teammates who you really care for and you have a lot of respect for as well. So like it's been a while since I've seen them, but we text every once in a while and nothing's changed. You know, the same thing with Brendan. I mean, we stay seven minutes from each other, but I have kids, I'm ripping and running and he has his own thing going and we very, you know, very rarely see each other. But when we do see each other, it's just, you know, back to joking and, and, and talking about each other's family and so forth. And you don't have that type of relationship with guys who you don't respect or guys who you, you know, didn't enjoy playing with as teammates. And like, it's a family, yep. like any family. And you have- A dysfunctional family. The, the, the it functions. It, function. it, it, it is a family because that's all you know 24 seven. I remember when we were all trying to get boys and we were all doing the research <laughs> for it. Trying to get what? Because <laughs> you, you wasn't in this area yeah, yeah. having kids. Oh, okay. I'll try to get boys. Okay. Yeah, everybody, like everybody, we like research. Oh, like, he, he's want, trying to get a boy now. Well, now no. Yeah. Yeah, I need one now. <laughs> like we were like, all right, so look. They say if you do this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, that, that's what's up. We were sitting there, everybody's doing the research. It was like, 
You can't take hot showers before you do it. You can't you can't go back to back. You got to wait like a week. And then last one, you remember? <laughs> you don't remember when? No, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember mean, we talked about when well, we, because we both had girls to start, but you should have seen our face. We was just yeah, like, when you have that a girl, you thinking about that second one, like, God, I want two of them, not in a row. <laughs> not in a row. So we all, everyone took, like, some guy you had one, yeah, uh, Dixon had one, because I remember he was. Juan, Juan had a baby? Juan, Juan, had, Juan had, two, had a baby back then? Yeah, yeah he two did. boys. He's the one who put the ice, the, uh, the ice pack. Yeah. What? Because, you know, they said, so. I didn't hear, I wasn't like, part of the Girl sperm dying cold, boy sperm dying. Heat. So, so he got the ice pack on. So he's, he's Dr. No, Gilbert. Dr. Gilbert. What? Oh, oh, Juan was just telling you. Know Juan. Yeah, I know Juan was wild, but I never, I never heard that story. I'm learning something new. <laughs> so he would walk around he with an ice part, pack on? He wasn't part of the, the guard conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you and your big man Those had your guard conversations, boy. <laughs> yeah. You big, you big had a, your whole little issue so nah, nah, I, I, I floated around with everybody. You know, Roger Mason, Tuan, Jerry. I couldn't really hang with my bigs, man. I don't think they like I don't think Kwame and Etan like me. <laughs> Yeah, we had the funny. Like, I, I just Kwame. thought about we yeah. had the funny. It was never a dull moment. Walt, Walt Dixon was that he was that eccentric guy. Like I thought I was weird, but he was weird. He'd come to me like, "You still wear boxers? Nah, man, you're supposed, he to, wear yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to wear briefs. The women like the briefs. Look, extra large. I can buy you some. <laughs> no, you just ain't gonna buy me briefs. <laughs> yeah, can't can't can no man buy me no drawers. <laughs> Briefs like what are you talking about? But that's how he was. <laughs> we had the we had the funniest relationship. Now that's that's good. We, we've all got that friend like that. No, we don't. No, we don't. I don't have any friends right now that buy me underwear. Nah, I'm sorry, man. I'm never gonna just pop up on Antoine and be like, yo, Twan, man. <laughs> got these got these sexy lace drawers for you, brother. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it. It's not my style. But that was that was that was that was one. But that's Come on, you know why I was like that. Yeah, yeah he was. De I, yeah. I definitely could see him doing. It. I just didn't know that happened. So, so we'll land on this. We'll get out on this. That the, the, the thing is, you gotta have a sense of humor because that'll that'll take the heat off the best players and it'll get those young guys adjusted, bring you guys closer together, and that's what brought you guys together. But. Mm. I mean, everyone's gonna. No, what I'm saying is, everyone has everything. It's it's a team, so everyone's gonna. Everyone you, brings something to the table. You just gotta learn how to adjust to everyone. You know, you know, it's. They did a great job with that. You know, we all adjusted to each other's personality. But if you don't adjust to it, you'll probably be out. You're gonna be the odd man out. You know, like we all know who the odd man was in our on, locker room. On every <laughs> who. Who's that? <laughs> brother man. Who's brother man? <laughs> You just told me to say it. I'm just saying, I don't know who it is. Who is Brother Man? <laughs> Who's that? It? No, see, here you go, man. Oh, see, I didn't know that was Brother Man. Crowd, no, you, man, I didn't you, know. You, you want me to say that? I didn't, I didn't know. But this is what we had to deal with right here. It's I like, did not know. They he throw was, the shots. They want me to say it. Like, oh, I didn't know he was the odd man out. I didn't know he was the odd man out. fit it in. Yeah. He wrote some yeah. real nice poetry. <laughs> he did. I went to some of the events. So you see, he, he holds grudges for all time. Oh, he doesn't forget anything. I'm Tuan, I'm dead serious. Like, you know, before, oh, before me and Etan got into it, I went to a lot of his events. Me and Jerry, we went to some of his poetry events. 
It's just the, the delivery sometimes. Right. Make it seem yeah. like it's different. Than no, no, he was, he was too. He was too probably militant for everyone at that time. You know, everyone. Huh? There's certain people. No, what I'm saying, he still he was what in that, na in that navigator. <laughs> like you know, like having natural conversation. You know, you always say, "Oh, nigga, come on," in, and then he'll correct you, "My brother." <laughs> no. You know, at, at night, at 21, 22, you're, what the fuck are you talking about? And, uh, like, you know, but that's where he was. So it's like, it was one of those things where it's like, my, yeah, you know, he's like. But we needed some of that, though. That, that's yeah. what I said. Yeah. Like, every, team, so he, every team has its own little factions, whatever you into. So if you into going out, there's a group that wants to go out every night. So if you into playing cards, you got some group, that, some guys going to play cards till 4 o'clock in the morning. Video games, whatever it is, you know, some guy, and then sometimes everybody, I think the one good thing about our team is that we would all have our little different groups, but then we would all come together at times. I remember in Cleveland, like we all came and started watching a football game and you were there and you hate football. Yeah. Like you never watch football, but you were like, yeah, I felt like I had to come because everybody else was coming yeah. because you want to be a part of the team. So our team definitely had some weird moments, some differences, some fights, some crazy things happen, but at the same time, uh, we had a lot of guys that really liked each other, cared for each other, still friends to this day, and we would always come together as one. And then we we had some good times on that basketball court. We just we just kept running into that guy in Cleveland. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to beat that guy in Cleveland with a headband. <laughs> you guys, I think you had the talent to do it, but, but um, we got to wrap here. You got to practice to get to. You got to practice. You practice now? Again, you you got to practice. Well, we pra what time is practice? What we practicing for? We already know the plays. But what time is practice? Yeah. You don't know what time practice is? Uh, six. At what? Six? Oh, you oh, y'all better get up out of here now. You're going to be late. You're going to be late for your first. This is not your no, first no, practice, no. though, is it? No, no, we have group chat. I just don't. Huh? <laughs> we have group chat. I just don't. Bro, you can't be late to your first practice, man. Hey, come Look, on, man. Let's get up out of here, man. Group chat got to do what you practicing. Yeah, man, we're not going to. It says it on there, like the group chat. Hey, man, we're not going to let him be late, man. We're going to end this session, man. We're not going to let you be late to practice. Well, okay, so thank you, Brendan. You're going to be calling the game tomorrow? Yes, sir. I'll be calling the game. Are you going to be there? I might oh, be there, man. I might have to show up in person to see this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. It's <laughs> <laughs> me, man. Hollywood ain't coming out. <laughs> to no big three I'm watching on TV. <laughs> Not to no big three Hey, man, you know Twan going to ghost you. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Then he going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys for coming through. Obviously, thank you, Gil making this show possible. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, fans. Appreciate it. Thank you, for, uh, thank you to our friends at Keeps for making this show possible, too. Thank you, Keeps. We'll see you in Birmingham. You doing what? You doing, you doing one of these oh, in Birmingham? Boy, I can't wait. Oh, they put me in all all the bad. Hey man, I, I, I didn't know you. And then I, I'm in Birmingham. I didn't know your podcast was number one till today. Congratulations, man. Thank you, man. Your podcast is over Bill Simmons and everything, man. I ain't really like Bill Simmons anyway, so I'm glad. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad your podcast is over his. You, you know what's so funny about the podcast? It's because we're NBA players, so we don't ask each other the questions we knew that's going to get us oh, yeah. to. You know, so we just sit there and talk. Because you know, I'm, I'm sitting there talking with KD, and this is the first time KD opens up. And he's saying stuff that people just never knew. And I'm like, because you're a reporter, you're looking for a story. So you're not trying to get to know the athlete. You're asking him every single day about free agency. Like, he don't want to talk about something that's six months from now. He wants to enjoy the atmosphere that's going on now. Because all you're doing is just putting a bridge between him and his teammates. 
him and the coaching staff, him and the upper management. So then that player shuts you off. And this is the bad thing about reporters having voting rights. That same player you're going at, when he shuts you off as a reporter, what do you do when it's time to vote for MVP? Like, ah, hey, yeah, Kevin DeBruyne. And then you, you, you go with someone else, and that's why it's like, reporting it shouldn't have so much power. And, and this is why athletes need to start, you know, redoing, you know, how they, you know, get their information to, you know, the public and their fans. You know, they control some of the money now too for guys. Like first, like, cause they, yeah, like, oh yeah. First, first, second team, third team, all the NBA, you know, they have escalators in guys' contracts. So if, if a certain reporter doesn't like you and you don't make first team all NBA or second team, that could take money out your pocket. I can tell you right now, if I'm like um, <clears throat> Charlotte here, and I got to pay Kimba 220 or 170, and I know y'all got votes. Oh, y'all gonna get 100,000. Don't vote for him. Right? Man, I'm not, I'm not supporting you don't think that, they doing, You don't think they doing that? Michael Jordan would never do something like that. He offered the man 160. How do you know it was 160? You know, Gil has the sources now. Sometimes it might be 160? reliable, sometimes like, it's no, no. He offered him 160 for real? 160 so far. 160? And he can make 220. Wow. Coming in a little light. But you know, it's first, it's first, it's the first, it's the first go around. Like, I'll give you 160 and a year supply of free Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that, you know he's going to do that. <laughs> I got, Kim, I got these fresh retros coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hey. We're going to have them in your color, give them to your family and everything. Just take this, just take this $60 million pay cut. <laughs> man, we out of here, man. Go, let's go. Yeah, let's get out. Let's get on, man. But thank you guys for coming through tonight. Uh, and watch Big Three tomorrow. Enemies. I'm at one o'clock. Y'all don't really have to watch the uh, twelve o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>